So our first Sunday Madness series is the gospel and social justice. Now, I want to make a prefatory remark about this because in the final bracket, it was competing against eternal life for Jewish people. Now, that is a fascinating and extraordinary topic, but probably not one that does very well just for a Sunday morning. Never fear, though, for those of you who are very interested in that topic, we are working both with One Jacks and the Interfaith Council of Northeast Florida to put together in the fall a couple different talks around these issues. Um, reaching out to a rabbi, so you sort of feel like if we're going to have a conversation about eternal life for Jewish people, we ought to include Jewish people in the conversation. So, stay on the lookout for that. That is coming, so I don't want you to think that that topic has been dismissed. But in the interim time, we're going to talk about the gospel and social justice. Now, there's not a whole lot better in my mind as a parent than being able to see birthday celebrations through your child's eyes. Because they're still so young when they're with you that growing older is more of the exhilaration of acceleration of life and not some sort of inertia that slows you down. So we're still excited when the birthdays roll around and not, okay, well, I guess we've got another one. As someone who's about to turn 40, I recognize that that shift is feeling far closer than I thought it ever would. The other thing that's really a lot of fun about being with your kids on their birthdays is that they get to be right in the middle of all the action. Now, this is not a children's world. They can't drive, and we give them a pittance for an allowance for most of us. So even if they wanted the most dramatic birthday celebration, the truth is they don't have the tools or the culture that they can achieve it on their own. And so when it's their birthday and when we're able to do some things to help them get what they want, well, they get to relish in being the center of attention of not just the family, but of everybody. And so was the case about this time last week with my daughter, Frankie. She got to choose everything, y'all. We went to a Mexican restaurant because ever since she came out of the womb, she could spoon queso out of a bowl like it was her job. So we went to a Mexican restaurant. She got to be celebrated there. And she got to choose just about everything that we did. Too much, it turned out, for one day. So we've had to distribute some other things around. But there was an unexpected connection to all of this in the movie that she decided to in want us to see, sort of indie movie that, that's only at a few theaters called Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Have any of you watched it already? Please, like it is worth the price of admission even to the movie theater to go see this. This story is about, you guessed it, a small shell with shoes on. Here's a picture of Marcel in action on a laptop. Now we are with Marcel in this movie, who, by the way, has also had children's books, and that's how Frankie got to meet Marcel the Shell with shoes on, was we were reading her stories and came to the movie, and we get to hear about Marcel's life as he manages with life after his family had disappeared a while ago. And now his home, who he shares with his grandmother, has been turned to an Airbnb after the separation of its owners 
So now there's a constant influx of people coming in and out. And when the movie starts, we meet Marcel, Marcel the Shell, say that three times fast, with a documentarian who is there because he is now separated from his spouse. And so as they get to know each other, they start to realize, the documentarian starts to realize that perhaps he could help a little bit, reach out to the world to see if there are folks who will help Marcel find his family. And so starts to post videos, and after a while they become viral, and it's a sensation. And it's great because there's millions and millions of people who are now attentive to Marcel's needs. And people respond through selfies and stalking. Trey Flynn, a, a movie critic for, who works for the uh, website Collider, says it this way. After a single night on the internet, Marcel is convinced of the connective power of the internet and believes there are so many like him out there. Marcel quickly becomes a YouTube sensation and decides to use the internet's power to find his lost family. But unfortunately for Marcel, he has a rough awakening to the manipulation of the internet's power and the illusion of its connective allure. Thousands of fans turn into exploiters of Marcel, even using him for their own clout. Marcel understands what he seeks is authentic connection, a genuine community. But the internet isn't that. And he says it's an audience not a community. It's an audience, not a community. That phrase spoken by that creature was like a hammer onto my heart as I was watching this movie. A deeply touching, brilliant, and timely movie. Because in a world of transaction, we can treat everyone and everything as a consumable in which the ultimate end is a well-worn and body-contoured easy chair where we can flip on cultural channels, landing on what we want and rating the rest through a simple press of a series of stars on our hearts. It's an audience not a community, might make us wonder what we're missing should we have the visibility for it. But again, it's easy to put ourselves behind cameras that allow us to edit and delete what does not suit us, post specific personas, and prefigure our outrage to another audience. We're constantly on display, or we're constantly observing. And meanwhile, then, the needs of folks like Marcel become much like Stevie Smith's poem, not waving, but drowning. Nobody heard him, the dead man. The poem begins, but still he lay moaning. I was much further out than you thought, and not waving, but drowning. You see, friends, I think that the crux of the gospel, all four books, Every single bit of the beginning of the New Testament is the Trinity's decision to get out of its own easy chair and to enter into community. I suppose, now I can't get into the mind of God as much as I'd like to. I got to imagine, though, it would have been easier for God to have continued to recline in the cosmic easy chair 
after creation was finished. It is good and very good, and then relax. Certainly, it would have been simpler. God could have just continued to post on, uh, you know, whatever deity Yelp there is and say, well, humanity, six out of ten, seems to aspire but doesn't listen very well. Could do that. But God chooses otherwise. As Paul reminds us in Philippians 2, let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality to God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even on the cross. Jesus got out of his easy chair. God got out of the easy chair. The Spirit got out of the easy chair and decided to show up and be part of our world. And every single one of us here and every single one of us who has ever claimed this to be a worldview in which they agree with, in which they found life in, every single one of us is a product of that decision to be in community with and not just be in a placid observation somewhere out in the sky. You are all products and identify with a God who chose to be in community with. Justice, then, is the movement from being in the audience to being in community. It is the realization of Marcel the Shell's hope. Now, let's start with a more benign example before we really get into talking about social justice stuff and really raising hairs on the back of people's necks. Let's talk about Frankie's birthday, for instance. Now, I could have, if I chose to, been a little bit of an observer that day. Could have woke up that morning and said, ah, you know, I'm just going to watch Frankie just celebrate her birthday on her own. Maybe take a couple pictures of her, maybe write about it in my journal, and just seen what she could have done. But what would have happened, really, if I would have done that? What kind of birthday would it have been? Well, I will tell you, it would have been a birthday at 4526 Birchwood Avenue. We would have had some whatever was in the freezer that she could have scrounged up. We would have made a lot of mess in the house because she is really good at that. But I will tell you, it would not have been the richer, fuller birthday that we got to enjoy. And honestly, I would have been worse off too because I wouldn't have watched this movie and found a new way to approach social justice that hopefully doesn't make half the congregation want to leave the building first thing we talk about it. So instead, I made a choice to be with her in community. We as a family heard what she wanted heard her needs and her desires, those things that make her beautiful and special to us. And we used whatever gifts and privileges and tools that we had to achieve as much as we could. Frankie, you want to feel special today because it's your birthday? Cool. We can spend some money that we have to take you to a restaurant that you want. You want to feel special? Great, Frankie. We will take you to a movie that you want to go to. Now that seems like a really simple thing, something that we'd all do. But what happened was is that my daughter flourished 
on her birthday. Because of the decisions we made to be in community and not just in the audience. And whether it's the Old Testament or the New Testament, the concepts surrounding justice always have a movement to be with and a need to work towards. In our Isaiah 1 passage here, you'll hear it, and you know because we've talked about this passage plenty of times in Amos 5. It sounds pretty familiar, especially the early part of Isaiah 1, where God says, you know, I'm tired of your worship. It's all kind of garbage to me. I'm over your performative worship. I'm over you. some of you sitting in the audience and other of you putting on a play. Instead, I want you to learn to do good and then seek justice. Pursue it. Go get out of your seat and go find it. But what's different about Isaiah 1 in comparison to Amos 5 is that every single word that is used here has a strong legal undercurrent to it. Admonish on behalf of, argue, advocate for the oppressed and the orphan and the widow. This isn't just yelling at a screen because you didn't like the plot twist, friends, but this is an intimate building a case with and beside for an end. And when we look at Luke 2, this is a familiar text to us. I mean, how many of you sang... Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see, and as the Savior passed that way, he looked up in the tree and said, Zacchaeus, you come down, for I'm going to your house today, for I'm going to your house today. I mean, we know this story. But watch again here how this kind of plays out in the same idea of Moving from the audience to the community. Zacchaeus is in a position himself in the text to feel comfortable in his easy chair if he chose to. He is a tax collector. He's got a pretty good in with the Roman government, and he works with his own Jewish folks. Like, he's got a pretty cushy job, and he's wealthy. Oftentimes, these folks could skim a little bit off the top of the taxes, and they could do all right. But he found himself in a position in the audience of Jesus. Now, Jesus, for his part, could have just simply said, we're just going to keep moving. And had Zacchaeus stay there. But instead, he brings himself into community with Zacchaeus. Now, this isn't a just a, can I please stay at your house? Or, hey, Zacchaeus, you look like a guy who's got some cash. Why don't I chill at your place? I'm tired. No, if you see in the text here, Jesus says, I must stay at your house today. And if we don't get caught on the implications of hospitality, I promise y'all I will not call you up and say, I must meet at your house for pastoral care. Unless you're really cooking something good, then... If we don't get caught in that, what we hear is something deeper happening that I am obligated, Jesus is saying, to be in community with you. I have no other choice. Jesus, the fully God, fully human one, who chose to get out of the easy chair and be in community is saying, I am compelled to be with you. I have no other choice than to inhabit a part of your world in spite of the grumblings of my audience. 
We could imagine the headline being, Woke Jesus Goes to the House of Tax Collector Sinner. But it doesn't matter. Jesus' choice to be in community with Zacchaeus leads to a new kind of flourishing. Do you see this? Do you see what happens? You know, we start the beginning of this with, like, with Zacchaeus being this rich guy, tax collector, and how does he end? Because Jesus is compelled to be in community with him. He gives half what he has away. And he's willing to say, if I've ever defrauded anybody, I'll give them four times back. I will tell you right now, wouldn't it be nice if when you got your taxes done, the IRS was like, listen, we were wrong here. You owe too much, so we're going to give you four times your return. Thank you, Jesus. It's no longer, friends, an audience but it's community. And this compelling move to community changes an individual's life, and we got to figure, changes the community around him. What changes for us if we see justice as a move into community and away from an easy chair? Well, first off, I think it might make us think a little bit more about what woke means. Because I swear I can't go a day anymore without hearing somewhere on the news somebody using this word in some sort of pejorative sense. Like, I didn't like my egg McMuffin today because the woke person at McDonald's made it. It's becoming this routine derogatory statement against social justice or really whatever somebody doesn't like. I didn't like that my recycling got picked up today as opposed to my trash. I don't know what's going on with that woke Jacksonville trash department. But here's the question I always ask when I hear any of our esteemed colleagues in some sort of pejorative way use the term woke. What? is the opposite of woke. Asleep? Stupid? Sitting in the audience, safe and comfortable with a screen in front of us when the vibrancy of life is just out there if we were willing to get out of our chair and maybe touch the grass a little bit. We can have lots of disagreements, y'all, but if you tell me you don't like something because it's woke, I'm going to ask you to leave the room and we start again. Because we are more thoughtful than that. And our community demands more than just a pejorative statement that we don't even know what it means anymore. It would seem that each time then that we shield ourselves with wokeness, we're just positioning ourselves deeper in our comfort whilst there are people desperate on YouTube wanting to find their families that they haven't seen for far too long. So please, unless you're talking about bad alarm clock timing, let's avoid the use of the word woke. It might also make us think more about life in the church. Now, you've heard me critique in the past 
Churches that are based on entertainment, and I, I still feel this way, but I gotta be honest with you. Like I said earlier, I hadn't been gone from church in, for three weeks like ever. It's been a long, long time. But last week on Sunday morning, while I was quiet with my thoughts, I asked myself the question, why do I want to go back? Now, don't hear that in a negative way. A lot of times, this is just deep questions I ask myself in the silence of my heart so that I understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. But I ask myself, why do I want to be back here? Because here's the thing. I really enjoyed my time at Chautauqua. If any of you all have been in Chautauqua, you know it's spectacular, right? Whole week of hearing really smart people talking about really smart things. It's my uh, definition of heaven. It was great. I got to spend time with my family that I haven't in so long, and I cherish them. I got to spend good time with friends that I've made here. It was really beautiful. And as much as I think that I'm a serviceable preacher, I don't think I'm bad, I did get to hear some better ones while I was at Chautauqua, and I'll just fully claim that. Father Greg Boyle is probably a slightly better teacher than me. No, he, a preacher than me. He's got a few years of experience, but still. And listen, we are not replete with a payroll full of professionals who come up here every Sunday and sing their professional hearts out or, or usher us in professional manners or, you know, we're good, but we're volunteers. We're going to make mistakes. I mean, you could tell I was rusty because I didn't realize that the call to worship was all goofed up. Sorry about that. And even in its beauty, even in its goodness, it is still imperfect. It means, though, when I ask myself, why do I want to show up here on Sunday outside of a paycheck, which is kind of a really bad way to think about it, that we are not a church, dear friends, that can survive on being a bunch of passive participants who lounge and enjoy the entertainment on Sunday morning. We have got to do more than be a TED Talk and a Spotify playlist, because the truth is both of them will do it better than what we can. It doesn't mean we're not good. I think we're great. But if you're hinging the fact that we're going to get pews full of people because we're really good at what we do, it is much easier to get things that are better right now. It would mean that the reason then I wanted to go back was because I wanted to be a part, of, a part of a place that would welcome the Zacchaeuses of the world with open arms. It would mean that I wanted to participate in some place that actually saw people on the margins as people that we could go meet with, not stare at through a screen. It means that we could use the tools at hand to find lost families and celebrate with and not through others. We must constantly and consistently, dear friends, if we're not going to be the superstars and pay all the money and get all the people and do all that, we've got to be people who are constantly getting out and getting to meet the audience. We have to get out of our own chairs. And here's what I think, though, the gift is of all of that, is if we choose to be an audience church, we must be the best to commend all the attention, accolades, and likes. And here's the thing. If Celebration Church is any example, it doesn't always lead to the best people having the best intentions and doing the best things. Why do you try to be the best? Trying to be a viral church is really not healthy. 
But if that's what we wanted to do, then, then let's do it, y'all. We'll go to next stewardship season, and I'll say, we need to hire a bunch of these folks. We need to put lights here. We'll put fog machines. It'll be great. To be a community, though, to get out of the easy chair and actually be with people, all that requires is just being authentically ourselves with whomever happens to be looking for a sycamore tree to climb on. And I will tell you what, y'all do that phenomenally well. Now here's the thing, this does cost us something. Any one of you who has worked over a chair in your living room or your lounge for years and years knows that there is a small grief every time you depart it to go on and do something else. You've worked too hard to leave that chair. But I think if I had the choice, I'd rather pay for dinner and a movie to watch my daughter's face come alive. I'd rather spend the money that we have on an ASL interpreter to ensure that someone can be more deeply part of the beloved community. I would rather go lengths to the point of wokeness to have people participate in the gospel story because at least at that point, if I am declared to be woke, there would be no doubt about whether I was truly alive. The cost is so minute in comparison. Now here's the thing. The impact of this move and whether we decide to take what I've done over the last few minutes and do anything with it, the move of audience to community, and the move of justice in any of your hearts is not one that I can prescribe. It's too personal, too individualized too contingent on the stories and the connections that you've made in your lives. But I do want to put a couple road markers along the road. If you have ever felt guilt about social justice, it's worth a meaningful examination in the silence of your hearts. Has it been baseless personal attacks? As yes, there have been some folks who have just been angry for the sake of being angry hurt for the sake of being hurt, and sometimes we all lash out and say and do things that we wouldn't when we were more comforted. Or might it be the same guilt that plagues us when we know we should stop being a couch potato, get up off of our chair, and go do something? Any doctor will tell you that the latter brings us life. And if you're out of your seat now, the question might still be if it is performative. Perhaps taking selfies outside Marcel's house because you found it. The only way to answer that question is if you have advocated for the needs of the person who is shouting out right outside the door to say, I need help to find my family. And I'd encourage y'all to reflect on these things now. 
both because I think the world needs this so desperately, because I do think we're at the point now in our discourse in this country, perhaps around the world, that we really have no actual clue what justice is. But I believe that this is exactly what makes the difference, for instance, of building a new building for the sake of building a building and launching a new ministry for people to be cared for. It's the difference between showing up here on Sunday because it's an obligation and showing up here because there is something happening. It's the difference between asking ourselves, can we survive amidst scarcity and questioning why we would ever avoid the abundance that God offers. This is what the world needs. So let's help people find their families. And maybe the family they were looking for all along is the one right here. Thanks be to God.